welcome everybody back to another episode of Stick a Fork in It. I'm your host, Matt Spence, here with our good friend and co-host, Shannon hannon Olivero. Hey. And our guest today is a really exciting one, a friend of ours, a board member, an entrepreneur, a coffee maker, a uh, man about town, Mr. Roberto Torres. How are you doing this morning? Thank you. Good to have you. Yeah, I'm doing good. Good. Thank you for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, we're really looking forward to this one. Yep. So what we do here at Stick Fork and It is just kind of have a free-flowing conversation around our work at Feeding Tampa Bay, your connection to it, your connection to uh, the nonprofit world, and uh, and we want to get to know you a little better as well. So hopefully we'll have a chance to, to learn a little bit about the life and times of Roberto Torres. Thank you. Super excited. So let's start with where we just came from, actually. We're going to go a little backwards is our plan because we had a really interesting and fun morning. Um, so we were at the opening of Endeavor, which is a collab. Introduce that whole concept because right. what number of business is this for you? Number seven. Number um, seven. Lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. Yes. Um, on to numero ocho. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my goodness. Um, so... Embark Collective is this uh, nonprofit uh, funded by the Vinick Family Foundation. Um, it houses 43 technology startups, and their idea is to bring um, technology startups from all over the world to, to Tampa, house them, um, and get them access to capital, resources, clients, and, and get them to grow, scale, so that they can move out of that space so that they can bring more people. Um, so we were fortunate enough to meet with Lakshmi, and she she liked the brand, and she liked the idea, and she liked uh, us as an operator. Uh, in the space that she ran in Chicago, she had a partnership with another uh, a cafe, so she kind of already had an idea of what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we created this new brand called Endeavor, because since Embark Collective already existed, and she already had all the branding elements, we just took a little bit about of that, and then just created a... Um, an entire coffee brand around that. So when, when you embark in a in, in a journey, it's sort of like an endeavor. So that's that's the reason for that. I like yeah. that. Wow. And, and the good news is it still has my favorite Cafe Bonbon. That's right. From, yeah. <laughs> uh, from Blind Tiger. The Cafe so. Bonbon is a very popular drink. I think it's like our top three seller overall from all the shops. Yeah. Um, and, I, and and we just, we just tried to pay homage to... All the Spanish immigrants and Italian immigrants and Jewish immigrants and German immigrants that came to Ybor City. That's that's where our first store happened. So that's right. that's like the Spanish version of that. Yeah, the the first store is a little bit special to me because every every Monday morning, as you know, my uh, leadership team meets there. That's yeah, our yeah. our time that we know won't be interrupted and we'll we'll actually get to plan for the week. And so that's I start awesome. every week with a blind tiger cafe bonbon. <laughs> Delicious. So backing it up a little bit, um, you started in apparel. Yes. Apparel was our first business. It's called Black and Denim. Um, it, 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 it was merchandising, uh, t-shirts, jeans, hats, bags, accessories. And in 2013, we saw this uh, request for proposal from the Tampa International Airport. And, and we went and then tried to figure out how we could, how we could participate. And at the time, we were selling to, I think, Steinmar, Macy's, Walt Disney, um, and like about 150 independent retailers across the country, but nobody knew who we were in Tampa. Um, 
So part of our request proposal was that we need to we needed to create a store that shares specialty retail with the food and beverage concept. So we created the Blind Tiger. At, at, at first, the Blind Tiger was half of a boutique, the other half was a coffee shop. Um, and, and, and that's how we, we merged the, the two. We, we, went, we won that particular request for proposal, and then from there, you know, we thought it would only went away one store. We're seven deep. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's great because the the apparel that you have for Blind Tiger that yeah. is from yeah. the Black and Denim. That is from the Black and Denim, yeah. I yeah. love that apparel. It's so soft. I, yeah. Those are my favorite T-shirts to throw yeah, on when, thank I'm, you. when I'm not at work. They're just so comfortable. <laughs> yeah, everyone in my family has so I, black, Blind Tiger T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, I end up repping Blind Tiger when I'm going to Disney or when oh, I'm going to you you know, other places awesome. because it's just super comfortable wear. Yep. That's very cool. Yep. So going backwards again, I'm kind of, I started because of the opening this morning, kind of, how did you choose Tampa? Because I know, um, go a little bit from where you're from. Um, your parents are here. They're visiting. So I got the pleasure of meeting mom and dad um, this morning, and they're here with us for the podcast. So tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah. Because that's something, actually, I've known you for a long time from yeah, black yeah. and denim fashion shows at yeah. the Blue and White Party. So we've known each other for a really long time. So um, it really excites me, your success and everything that you're doing. But it all starts back from where? Yeah, so I, I was born and raised in Panama, um, Panama City. Went to a Methodist high school. Oh, well, to, 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 to a Methodist school. It was elementary, uh, middle, middle school, and high school. It, it, it was, that's where I learned how to speak English. Uh, my mom made an incredible sacrifice to, to put us through uh, private school. And uh, after that, I went to two years of community college in Panama. Um, at the time it was called Panama Canal College and then he became a satellite campus for Florida State University. Love uh, to hear that. Yeah. Who yeah. <laughs> yeah. knows? And then, I, and then I transferred to Tallahassee um, and after, I, I, after a semester uh, they, they decided to go back to, to work a little bit and, and then I, ha- I had place of fraternity at the time. Um, it's called it's called Sigma Lambda Beta, um, and then I, I remain in touch with a lot of those friends and a lot of those brothers. So that's why I credit me going back to school. Um, and then after that, I went back to, to Tallahassee in uh, August 30th, 2000, um, uh, and, and ended up graduating with an accounting, a finance, and 30 upper level courses for uh, accounting because I was going to become a CPA. <laughs> Which is really boring. <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't last Extremely. long. Yeah, I worked as an auditor for like eight years, and then I was done with that. Um, and then that's when they decided after the financial meltdown to open or to start Black and Denim. That that was really the reason. I, mm-hmm. I, I really didn't want to get caught up in the system again um, of having to work for somebody else or or, or my particular um, uh, livelihood be determined by somebody else that. They didn't know me or didn't know my family, so so that was kind of like the genesis of that. Yeah. And your partners that you are with? Yeah, my my, my partners Luis and Chris have been there from the beginning. We're, we're the same three partners. Um, Luis does a lot of the IT and IS uh, specialty, and then Chris does all the branding and marketing. Uh, and and I'm the 
I'm like the bad cop of the trio. Right, <laughs> with that finance, that with yeah. all that finance yeah. and, and business acumen. Yeah. Uh, the, well, that's a powerhouse. That's why you guys keep going. You guys have your talents and you pull it together. That's right. And I heard uh, with the speeches today, um, which I don't know which one of your partners said it about always having fun with what you're doing and having moving fun. forward yeah. and then supporting the community. Supporting the community is a huge part of that, yeah. Which um, which we really didn't had an opportunity to do the first two years when we opened the Blind Tiger because sure. we were down trying to grind. But then uh, the, this idea of giving back, uh, Shane, which was there today, called me and we had met briefly and he said, hey, we're doing this thing. We we're going we're gonna to volunteer our time at Trinity Cafe and we're going to call this it's more like an Instagram Instagram project called the Feed the Feeds, like a, like a, like a feed on mm-hmm. your you know, Instagram, and then mm-hmm. for every like or every heart, they were gonna donate a dollar, and then they were gonna match it. So I went to Trinity Cafe, and and we reconnected. I mean, saw Mandy. Mm-hmm. This was December fifteenth, and um, and then it became it it, it became real clear that we wanted to do something and that it was time. Um, wow. So we started donating the coffee for Trinity Cafe ever since um, because coffee was just a treat for the weekends or when yes. it was cold. And I thought that, that was inconceivable. How is it that we're, 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 we're offering a free meal, but, 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 but coffee is like this, and not only coffee, but just good coffee. Right. Um, so, Delicious so, coffee, yeah. yes. So so we made it, we, 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 we decided that we were gonna do that and um, talked to Chef Benito and 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 and, and he kind of like let us know whenever we ran on a coffee and then we brought more coffee and that that's that was it and then one thing led to the, to the next and I met Colleen um, and and met Tom Thomas and everybody else that works here has been phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I yeah. think that's you know the next piece is it led to you joining our board and. Right. I'd love to connect the two pieces that we were just talking about, which is the the business acumen that you have that you bring yeah. to our board. I think is so critical as we grow our business, as we yeah. you know become more and more savvy about how we operate. Having somebody like you on the board advising us, who has the business experience, you have the yeah. startup experience. It's really critical to operating our own mission. Yeah, you know, we we can't implement our mission if we don't have solid business practices yeah. behind it yeah yeah i think that a lot of people believe that maybe nonprofits or ngos operate differently than a for-profit business and and and, and they have they, they might have different and end results but i think operationally they're they're very similar right they're they're they have the same three problems that every small business has how to get more customers, how to retain the customers they already have, and how to manage cash flow. So as long as we can do exactly. those three, as long as we can do those three, I think I think that you know we'll, we'll have a successful venture. The sad part is, is that I, I wish we didn't have to have feeding Tampa Bay, uh, but for the foreseeable future, I don't think that's going to happen. And in the meantime, then we can try to end hunger by 2025. That's right. I love it. He's on on brand on yep, this. Yeah, <laughs> You know, it's and it's such an important point that you bring up that you know hunger is a reality in our world. Right. And ending hunger by 2025, it doesn't mean that there's nobody in Tampa Bay who's okay. hungry. It just means everyone who is has access to food. That's right. Yeah. And that's our charge. That's where we need to get. And 
we don't have as long as I'd like to think to get there. But I really honestly believe that that we're building to it and, and we have great partners. We have great board members. We have really innovative strategies that are going to get us there. And that transitions a little bit into um, the next thing I'd love to talk about with you because your entrepreneurial mindset is so powerful for us because we know as a nonprofit, we cannot rely purely on the generosity of our right. neighbors. You know, it's it's so important that we do have businesses like Blind Tiger and Black and Denim who believe in us and support us. But we also know we need to diversify our revenue streams in order to be successful, in order to meet our goals. Yeah. And so that's why we moved into the social enterprise space, right? The space of building businesses within a nonprofit that can turn a profit and invest that back into our mission. And I know Thomas has recently asked you to to join a little group that I'll be part of that helps us to really think strategically about those small businesses that we're building underneath our umbrella. I'm curious if you have any thoughts yet about where that might go or, yeah, or what you see um, there. I think, um, you know, when, when, when you're first to market to an idea like that, you have to execute it or think about it fast. Um, and, you know, the, the, the obvious things is sort of like utilization capacity um, and, and, and try to understand what are the things that, that we need or, or what are the things that we offer or what are the things that we're really, really good at and then what are the things that we're not so good at and then try to try, try to manage the two. Um, I had an interesting conversation with some of the folks at USF um, that have um, have studied or, or seen, I think there's a Tulane University that has a um, uh, Taylor Muir program curriculum in their in their med school program, and and I think they're they're, they're trying to sort of implement it here. So and, and we told them, yeah, we are definitely the best qualified, and we know that space. That's and, right. And I think this is yes. sort of like a like a match made in heaven partnership. Yeah, so. what what you're hinting at is something that we're really excited about. We're moving into the space of creating medically tailored meals, right. and that goes beyond just a healthy meal on the plate like we serve at trinity cafe that is disease specific right nutrient specific you know very tailored medical intervention through food and that is a very high level skill set that we're building internally like you said we are first to market in the community but we are still learning and that's where you know we know with a new business we're going to to have challenges we're going to have barriers and uh, we're really looking forward to see where this goes, and, and we really appreciate your advice along the way. Yeah, 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 absolutely. This podcast was made possible by the innovative thinking and the funding of Feeding America, a nationwide network of more than 200 food banks that feed more than 46 million people through food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, and other community-based agencies. Um, talk about what happened with Mandy. Yeah, so uh, you know we we have a couple of different social enterprise businesses that we're working on as an organization. There's, I think the the most unique and and newest is the medically tailored meal project. But Mandy just a couple of weeks ago uh, was at Fast Pitch, which is Social Venture Partners, yeah, uh, local organization here who does basically kind of a. a a kinder version of Shark Tank for nonprofits yeah. seeking to build earned income into their models. And Mandy presented our Trinity to go meals as a, as a business plan where 
Um, we know that if someone walks into a Trinity Cafe, we'll put a hot meal in front of them for free, no charge at all, and, and it's a great meal. But we also know some people don't have the opportunity to sit down with us. And some people, in fact, a lot of people that we talk to want to contribute something. They yes. appreciate that it's there for free, but they yes. don't want it for free. They want to put in what they can. Yeah. And so uh, in response to that, we've been developing a model where we make those same high quality, very nutritious meals, uh, and then we flash freeze them and sell them out to the community where, you know, for, for a couple of bucks for less than a happy meal, you can get a really high quality chef prepared meal that you can take home and prepare for yourself. Yeah. You know, you just reheat it for yourself. Um, and we feel like that's a way that we're, we're responding to what we've heard the community say they want and we're building from a place of strength. You know, we, we cook 450 of those meals a day for people who walk through our doors and sit down at our tables, but we have more capacity. And so we want to make that capacity work for us. That's amazing. Yeah. The, I, 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 I spoke with, um, this guy, his name is Jason Sowell. He has a, um, a, a nonprofit called engage current and and with that they they do this thing called the laundry project um where they go to a neighborhood's laundromat and then they do laundry right? they, they pay for the you know they pay i don't know 1600 loads for 500 families on a six hour span and 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 what he hears constantly over and over again from people for, for, from folks that come wash your clothes it's like well today it was either going to be either wash clothes or buy or buy groceries that was that's some of the choices that they have to make not necessarily people that might be food insecure or not they, they this happened to just be alice's right yeah. they asked right. limited income constraint employed and um when when i talked to jason and when he when, when we talked about trinity cafe and 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 everything else you know, like you said, sitting down and having a nice meal is sort of like a temporary for a relief, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but but if somebody can afford and say, okay, well, instead of buying or spending ten dollars on Wendy's, if I can buy five five of these and then just have them in the refrigerator, and they happen yes. to, yeah, that that that's that's a game changer. That's that's different. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And you hit, you know, what I think is a really important point that we try to hammer home all the time is that. The people who are in our world who take advantage of the food relief system very very often the vast majority of them are working right. and they are earning income they're just not able to pay for absolutely everything That's right. so they're always making trade-off decisions they're working or they're retired or they're students yeah, yeah. fixed income you know yeah. there, there's all sorts of different types of people who are in our world and you know each one of them wants the dignity of the positive experience of being able to take care of themselves. And if we can help them along the way, that's absolutely what our goal is. And, you know, sometimes that means offering them a free meal, but sometimes it means offering a reduced price meal. And sometimes it means a bag of groceries. And sometimes it means a volunteer opportunity. You know, there's, there's all sorts of different ways that people who are asset limited, income constrained and yeah. employed are looking at their budget and saying, okay, what am I going to cut out this month? You know, can I delay this bill so that I can pay that bill? Can I cut back on buying from the outer ring of the grocery store? Cause it's more expensive. That's right. Um, and, and those are the trade-offs we're trying to reduce every single day. Well, and another way that we're addressing, 
um, how we can lift our community is Fresh Horse, which is something that Roberto is very familiar with. Um, Absolutely. I think Roberto is maybe the, the hero of the first class of Fresh Horse. <laughs> yes, the MVP yeah. of right. uh, the community with that. So how, how's that working out? How's Carmela? Yeah, Carmela's doing great. She's in Westshore Plaza Mall. Um, you know, she we, 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 we speak volumes of her because every single time um, somebody recognizes her or saw her on TV telling her story. I, I, I think that that goes back to, to, to the Fresh Force program and, 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 and how thorough and, and amazing the training is. Um, whenever, whenever we decide to hire people for, for, for our kitchen staff, we, we, we look at the different components, right? Like uh, availability is one of them. Um, training is another one. But most important is culture fit. And she fits the culture tremendously, so we're just extremely happy. Yeah, yeah we were really happy when Carmela joined our first class of Fresh Force because she is a culture fit. You know, she yeah. uh, was at a place in her life where she was a guest at Trinity Cafe. That's right. And our opportunity of paid training in, in culinary arts came at the perfect time for her. It came at a time where somebody who has obvious skills and will make significant contributions to our community was just struggling right that's the the hidden secret of food insecurity is that it's not all the time for people who experience it Correct. it's not a permanent condition and she was just in that down period where she yeah. needed the assistance and then in finding food assistance through our world we got her connected to another program that built capability Right, and now she is at a place where she can be employed and be a so be contributing employee yeah. to to a great organization like yours. Yeah, yeah, we're extremely happy about that, and looking forward to the new class. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming. Yeah. We have. I know you have something else opening that you might need uh, some culinary students That's for. Right. So tell That's us right. what's coming up. So coming up in three months is going to be our Brandon Mall store. Um, it's across the street from the Apple store in the in the Dick's Sporting. What a location! Wing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We're super happy about that one, yeah. 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 And so the question that I get asked all the time, especially where I'm sporting my blind tiger gear, uh, being a Clearwater resident and Pinellas <laughs> County guy is, are you ever moving westward? In Dunedin? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, you know, it, it's it's the, the thing behind creating stores is that there's an infrastructure that we need to build and, and that infrastructure happens to be all in Tampa because that's where the majority of our stores are. Um, so we need to figure out a way of logistics, you know, to kind of move things out there and, and how can we make it happen. But yeah, yeah. I think eventually it will have to be. Yeah. <laughs> There's a ripe market for it, I'll tell you that's that, right. even if it's there just is. me. There yeah. is. <laughs> we know that for Trinity Cafe. We'll soon be over there in Pinellas that's County. Right. So. It'd be nice to have a blind tiger over there. So when yeah. we're all over there. Yeah. In fact, maybe the first cup of blind tiger cafe coffee poured in Pinellas County gets poured at Trinity cafe. Trinity cafe. Absolutely. Yeah. That'll yeah. be the first taste of it over there. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. At our location. Yeah. We have a couple months where uh, we're working hard towards opening Trinity cafe three over in Pinellas County. And we're really excited about that. It's a, you know, as as you know, as you discovered when you visited that place, it's just a special, special yeah. part of our organization. Yeah. We know we're excited about bringing it over to Pinellas. Florida Blue's mission is to help people and communities achieve better health. In partnership with Feeding Tampa Bay, their collective goal is a hunger-free Tampa Bay by 2025. 
How will we do that? By ensuring that all our neighbors have access to fresh, nutritious food that is essential to a healthy and capable lifestyle. We invite you to join the movement. Visit hungerfree2025.com. So tell us a little bit more about how you uh, kind of fit in on our board, what you saw as, right. a, as the opportunity there, what you could bring to our team. I think um, when when they asked me the opportunity to join the board, it was it was more so um, trying to understand what are some of the challenges that the organization have within the next three to five years, and 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 have fresh forward thinking. Um, at the same time, you know, for an organization that is in expansion mode or growing, um, board governance is extremely important. Um, so so I think. Um, having having a different um, uh, background definitely helps, um, especially when we have other companies as big as Publix and JP Morgan Chase and uh, Blue, Florida Blue and all these other places. You know, um, being a small business owner definitely is a humbling experience, but it it, it is more so when uh, an organization like feeling Tampa Bay recognizes that. Yeah, it's, you know, I think there's a really unique skill set when you've built it yourself. Right? Yeah. You've had to face challenges that in larger organizations just get handed off to someone else. That's right. There isn't somebody else to turn and hand it off to, and yeah. so you've had to figure some things out along the way. And that attitude that, you know, we're going to make it work and we're going to yeah. figure it out that that fits so nicely with how nonprofits live every day. Yeah. And so I think that there's just a natural kind of synergy between your perspective on life yeah. and our perspective on life. Like I had somebody else who's going to come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And quick. Yeah. And quick. Right. Everything's pretty fast paced with you yeah. for sure. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was over at one of your places the other day and I was asking you a little bit about, uh, whether you bring in any Panamanian influences into right, work. right, 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 yeah, we 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 have talked about that. My other partner, his name is Luis, is Panamanian too, and and Chris, not so much. He's Italian. <laughs> um, not so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. I I think um, so so we eat a lot of corn based stuff for like breakfast, but everything is fried. So I don't even know what else we can bring. Um, that is sort of like typically representative of Panama. Um, yeah, we 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 got to think of that one. Yeah, and even beyond that, I'm curious how you know, your your upbringing in in another country has influenced your perspective on our community. You mentioned the historical influences uh, of Tampa that yeah. they come from all over the world, but today our world, you know, is is so diverse. And, right. and I'm just curious what your perspective on that is. I think there there is a strength in diversity. You know, we 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 are stronger where we where we look different, and part of the reason for that is because we we can we can appreciate other people's experiences and 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 points of view. Um, if we all look the same, um, I I think that does a disservice because we 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 may not recognize the the struggle of somebody else's. If, if for any reason they don't look like us. So for us, or for me, being from a country that is 99% Catholic, um, there is this different set of societal norms 
that may not necessarily apply here. Um, like for example, you know, we, we we started this 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 whole Lent season, um, and 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 that's something that you know it, it depends whether you're Catholic or not, if you celebrate or not, and and when you think of food insecurity, um, what does that what does that mean for somebody that may not want to participate in Lent, but they don't know if they can afford fish, you know? Yeah, I I had that exact wow. thought last week. You know, I. Uh, I was walking around here with my ashes on my forehead, and yeah. uh, I, so I went we. to Publix, and yeah. somebody looked at me and goes, "Oh crap! I need to go to mass today." <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just, uh, it, I had that same thought that I can go and you know grab some salmon and cook it at home, yeah. and I can celebrate my religious traditions without even That's a right. second thought. That's but right. someone who's food insecure, you know, that could be a real issue. Do you you know, issue, how do yeah. you? make sure that you offer someone the opportunity to live into who they want to be if they have all those limitations. That's right. Yeah. I, I think the other one, you know, honestly, is probably um, for like, like the work ethic culture, um, which is sort of take it for granted. I think the entire world knows that Americans work the most. Um, but but I think there, there is sort of like a little pride in that and and um that that those two are probably the, the the biggest significant influences that I think makes Tampa Bay unique in in a sense that you do have this up this this amalgamation of different ethnicities and, and it's necessarily like a melting pot that where where they they need to blend or assimilate together everybody can be in in standing in their own top representing their own thing uh without having to accept or or, or 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 tell somebody how to do their things, you know? Yeah, it's really interesting how it pops up in our world in ways that we wouldn't have thought of. Um, I, a great example that comes to mind for me is we did some research around our school backpack programs a couple right. of years ago. And, you know, we thought we were doing a great job by handing little Johnny a $5 backpack that has all these little pop-top cans of, uh, you know, Vienna sausages and has granola bars and a little thing of peanut butter that you can mix with a little thing of jelly. And, uh, you know, all these little things that we thought, you know, the, the, the food insecure kid at school, this is a great way to, to keep them healthy over the course of the weekend. And what we found is that two major things. One was that we were giving the wrong food. Our food was culturally insensitive, that we weren't asking the question in all of the different places we were doing the programming. Uh, is this something that is familiar to you? Do you want to eat peanut butter and Vienna sausages? Right. Do you, you know, are you familiar with, do you like macaroni and cheese or, or whatever it is that we were thinking, hey, this is great. Um, and, and for many, it just didn't fit with their background, with the foods that they knew and loved. And, and so it didn't get consumed and it didn't meet our goals. Right. And right. then the other part of it is you create this really interesting relationship where the child is now the breadwinner, literally, right. for a family. And it made us totally rethink our work. Um, it made us far better at what we do because we understood that wasn't necessarily a solution in a lot of the communities we serve because it was not serving the, fa the full family. It wasn't putting the parents in a place of uh, dignity and respect. And it wasn't 
being respectful to that family's traditions. That's right. And we've changed a lot of our practices around how we serve children and how we try to help cover that gap on the weekend and over the summer. That's why our school pantries exist now, because it's a different solution that involves the family, that provides uh, a wider selection of foods that really does respect cultural differences. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I feel really good about our approach to that because yeah. we entered it with the right intentions but an openness that we might be wrong and we were <laughs> you know and, and so i i like to tell that story about us because it shows our willingness to learn and grow and change and i think you know to to your story that started this about embark collective and the the new endeavor brand your willingness to adjust to the yeah. needs of that particular situation were critical and that's yeah. why that will be a success yeah thank you yeah nothing is in stone nothing is um sort of like um the, the definite or 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 finite every time that we look at our process or procedures or even our own brand we'll we, we want to keep learning. We want to evolve. The minute that you stop learning, then stop growing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, that's where success comes from: is being open-minded and keeping your your eyes open to what yeah. can grow from it. And that's how we're going to reach twenty twenty five. Is and our goals there is just like what you said about the backpacks and the yeah. school pantries and all the other things that we come up with moving forward. Yeah, that's how we succeed in anything really. Absolutely, I want to. Also, just go back to something you mentioned earlier, and, and it makes me think about uh, something else you've told us before, which is that um, your diet's a little bit different yeah, yeah. Than, uh, than the average American. And, uh, you know, when you talk about the the food choices of, of a Lenten Friday, yeah. that's something you go through every day, right? That's right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a vegetarian, 95% coffee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's me some days, too. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's it's I've been a vegetarian for ten years, and my mom still offered me organic chicken. Uh, <laughs> I said, still chicken. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I think I think um, you know, if, if, even though if that's a choice, and, and if I'm food insecure, then then how how can I fulfill fulfill my choice and my calling? You know, if, if somebody puts something in front of me that may, may not be necessarily what I want to eat. Yeah, and that's, you know, I also connect that with a story we heard at our hunger dinner a couple months ago. It was a mom of uh, a child that had some challenges, and and one of the things that really helped her son was to have a vegetarian diet, to have a natural food diet, and it really kind of made a huge difference in his ability to concentrate, his ability to do well in school, um, his ability to function normally in society, and yet she was food insecure, and so when she found uh, the amount of fresh produce that that we're able to bring to a family in need, she found all of the other things that we could do as an organization to support her. It was literally a godsend to her. You know, yeah. it was something that she, and she had the whole room in tears when so she was talking about it. She was yeah. talking about uh, that fear as a mother of not being able to provide for the needs of your child. And knowing that this special diet made such a huge difference in, his life and that the way that she was able to to bridge that gap was the work that we do yeah Uh, it was heartwarming you know Mm -hmm. so before we let you go i'm curious if you have any thoughts about the future of our work together you know we 
one of the things we really appreciate about you is it seems like you're always a couple steps ahead of everybody else, <laughs> especially in the entrepreneurial community. And so yeah. uh, we need some of that thinking in our world and we try to bring it, but that's uh, where I think you have a lot to offer. So I'm curious if you have any foresight for us about what's coming for Feeding Tampa I Bay. I think, um, you know, number one is um, some, some of the some of the processes that we have in place are excellent, right? And 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 I think that there is this dichotomy between efficiency and 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 and, and starvation whenever you have resources. So I think that you know putting the resources where we need them and and correctly allocate them that's that's number one. Um, number two is trying to figure out. Um, how is it that we can that, that we can create a little bit of brand awareness whenever it comes to feeding Tampa Bay and and the work that we do so that we can get a lot of those um, donors um, involved in the work. Um, time, talent, and treasure. It, it seems like people nowadays are more interested in um, l- lending talent and time than treasure. And unfortunately, we gotta pay the bills. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I think, you know, try, trying to understand that while while sorting food is a, is a very basic function of our um, uh, or, or an integral part of our day to day operations, um, being part of a sustaining member or something like that. I think that's. That's also noble, you know, not, not not being able to be physically be here maybe once or twice a year we'll be able to strike that check. I think that's that's really important. And that's what's gonna allow us the opportunity to invest in, in some of the programs where where we can see a return on investment. That that you know, and, and entrepreneurship is this thing where you kind of see a gap or find an opportunity and and, and, and you try to buy low and say hi. Um, whenever something like the clinical trainer meals or other programs lack in the in in the in the for profit world, that's when we can come in and, 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 and deliver a solution. And and as long as we can find customers and, 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 and be able to identify who they are and, and, and present them in the right way, I think that we'll we'll, we'll be wildly successful. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, we look forward to, to where this is all headed and, and we really appreciate your partnership with us and, you know, the good coffee we get to have every day. Awesome. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> all that you bring to our world. So thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you for bringing our, your parents so that we could meet them yeah. and get to know Roberto in a little different way. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for your time, friend. All right, everybody. Welcome to the uh, fourth episode of What the Food Bank. Uh, we just had uh, Blind Tiger owner Roberto Torres here on the show, uh, one of our board members and longtime partners here at Feeding Tampa Bay. And I wanted to start by talking about um, the importance of our board members and, and some of the people that we've had the good fortune to get some insights and help from uh, here at Feeding Tampa Bay. So um, can you guys tell us a little bit about like who our board members are and, and what our relationship is like with them? Yeah, I think, you know, even backing up just a little bit about what's the value of a board to a nonprofit, I would say that's commonly misunderstood um, from the larger community, from board members themselves, and and even from the nonprofit side, you know, understanding 
what the proper role and the best use of board members are. And I think the the simplest way to put it is that board members help to build capacity for the organization. Mm-hmm. So capacity and oversight are really the two roles. And as we recruit different board members, what we're really looking for is people who can add to the wisdom of the organization by providing that level of oversight to say, you know, is the executive director leading the organization strategically in the right direction? They are involved in strategic planning. As we built our three-year strategic plan, we engaged board members from day one and they were critical to creating the plan that's going to lead us to a hunger-free Tampa Bay by 2025. That's their vision. And the staff's role is to execute that vision. You know, we we do strategic and tactical planning to get to a hunger-free Tampa Bay by 2025, but it's the board who put the stake in the ground and said it, said that we could do that. And that's, you know, a big element of it is just organizational vision. The other part is capacity building. You know, we count on our board members to lend their, as Roberto put it, time, talent, talent and treasure. treasure. And all yeah. three of those are valuable. All three of those are important. They're critical. So, you know, when we think about time, Roberto is in all sorts of different committee meetings and he, you know, he makes time for us to do podcasts and to do other things. When we think about talent, he is, you know, he's a finance expert. He has built yep. businesses and we need best business practices in order to live out our mission. And so he helps us with that. Um, and then treasure is pretty obvious, you know, when anywhere you can contribute financially or you can make connections to others who can contribute financially to our success or offset costs, right. you know, either way you're building the balance sheet. And mm-hmm. so those are really the two key elements of uh, a successful relationship with a board member is somebody who's willing to dig in and help build capacity and someone who provides oversight and direction. And like you said about treasure, one of the things I, I thought was most interesting that he said was the uh, feed the feeds. Is that, yeah, feed the feeds uh, movement that he talked about where uh, they volunteered at Trinity and for every like that they got on their posts, they donated a dollar. And I love when they, uh, when our partners come up with creative ways to kind of fundraise for us like that. And, yeah, it's a great that, way to, to bring in a treasure. <laughs> that was his introduction to Trinity Cafe, which I thought was really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And we, I think that was just when I started working there. So it was all of a sudden we crossed paths. I'm like, you, you, you. It's like, yeah. Right. So it's funny how we're introduced to things all over Tampa And Bay. so many people come and meet us through Trinity Cafe, you know, yes. which is great. I feel like so many of our partners have been like, yeah, well, the first time I intro- you know, encountered you guys was through Trinity. So, um. But yeah, I uh, the other thing that I, I wanted to talk about from our conversation with Roberto is um, the idea of of culturally appropriate foods and even even foods for people who are vegetarian. Um, Shannon, like we've gone out to pantries and and seen how some of the food has been sort of creatively repurposed. Like uh, recently, we saw um, Tony, um, one of our associates, creating uh, peanut butter banana wraps with tortillas. We we have yes we have so going out to the school pantries um, we have our fresh produce pantry Um, we we try to do that and we also try to introduce those that come to the pantries to new and inviting foods but again we respect them culturally so anytime I go there and we encourage our volunteers um, that are there is to have conversations welcome them into the pantries. let them t- they've taught me yeah. about things that they do with the foods that we have inside of those pantries so um it's um 
a conversation, mm-hmm. you know, a learning experience. I mean, how? come on, food is fun. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and respect, respecting their cultural um, traditions mm-hmm. and, um, again, uh, enjoying uh, the food, yeah. enjoying it and letting them just have a shopping experience just like we do when we go to the store. So that's what um, I love going to the pantries. I was just at one the other day again. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to go to Matt's programs. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's kind of a boots on the ground. It kind of um, brings you back to why we work so hard, uh, why we have things like these podcasts to get the information out there and let people know. And, you know, hopefully they'll come and volunteer with us and yeah. see it for themselves. Yeah. yeah, I really think it speaks to our need to listen to those we serve. Yes. You know, that's what's really critical about that is what Roberto highlighted is that when we are attempting to do some good in the community, we need to hear what the community actually sees as good. Yeah. And if we're bringing in, you know, steak and chicken to feed Roberto, mm-hmm. that's n- obviously <laughs> no. not going to go well. Right. No. Um, and so, you know, that's clearly that's the the extreme example but the idea is that there are foods that are culturally appropriate that mean something to folks regardless of what your background is that even foods that are just familiar and if we can bridge that gap and make sure we're providing foods that are familiar and comfortable to people we know they'll take advantage of it Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's really the missing link is people know the resources there but they don't feel like the resource is designed for them. And we really have to be more conscious of that. I think the story that we told about our research arm and and what it did for us and the the good folks at USF who did that research really helped to identify a weakness in our programming. And we were able to close that weakness because we were listening. Right. Well, listening and then learning Mm -hmm. something new every day, you know, so taking that next step to, do something about it. So yeah. that's something that we do here. All of us, our entire team at Feeding Tampa Bay is we want to listen to you and then we learn from what you've got to say. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, speaking of listening and learning, I, I think that that is a good uh, tie-in to uh, one of our other partnerships that we have with um, USF uh, in Tampa and the Hunger Action Alliance. Just in terms of transforming school pantries, you, you mentioned during the recording that we have moved away from backpacks as a way to try to uh, better serve families and not turn children into breadwinners who bring home, you know, just a, a box of food. But um, can you say just a little bit about how we're transforming the way that our school pantry partners are working in the area? Yeah, you know, I think the critical element there is that we were asking the right questions, you know, and that's what our partner USF brings to the table they help us to ask the right questions to make sure that we are serving people appropriately. And we found that a good intention created an unintended consequence. And we wanted to make sure that we are sensitive to that and that we can adjust. And it's really been a fantastic partnership with USF. It it started, I think, six years back now with uh, Dr. David Himmelgreen, who's the chair of the Department of Anthropology at USF, writing a letter to the editor to the Tampa Bay Times about food insecurity. And Thomas was just reading the paper, saw that, and called David up and said, hey, I think we have some things in common. And and from that first moment, it created this partnership that has driven, you know, close to a dozen now different, uh, really in-depth research studies into food insecurity in Tampa Bay. 
we've taken specific slices of the population. We've done work around seniors. We've done work around teens. Um, and we've also looked at the approaches to fighting hunger. You know, we looked at the backpack programs. We did two separate studies with different communities to learn how to be effective in that role. We've looked at some other projects as well. And, you know, we have a, a big study that's just about to kick off right now um, around our food prescription programs because we want to know that's a new arena for us. And we want to know that the assumptions we're making are valid. We want to know that the plans that we have to address the issue of medically specific needs through food are effective. And that's what our research partnership with USF brings. And in fact, it's such a good partnership that it's led to the creation of the first ever university center for food security that is a full equal partnership between a food bank and a university. So it's pretty amazing. Uh, just within the last couple of months, USF opened up the Center for the Advancement of Food Security in Healthy Communities. And it hopefully this year will become a statewide center, but it's drawn in uh, interest from all sorts of areas of the university. It's drawn in the Department of Engineering. <laughs> it's drawn right. in, wow. you know, it's drawn in interest from public health and from social work and from anthropology and all sorts of parts of the university that understand food insecurity touches everyone yeah. in one way or another. And that the food relief system is a really critical resource to ensuring the healthy capability of our community. And so we want to do it right. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for your insights. And, you know, it was, uh, it was really cool to hear from Roberto. And I'm looking forward to our next guest. And we'll just uh, keep on sticking a fork in it. <laughs> You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay. You can find Instagram accounts for each of Roberto's Blind Tiger locations by typing in Blind Tiger. You can also find their Facebook accounts by typing in Blind Tiger Cafe. Mm-hmm.